Alrighty. G'day Tripod family. Dane here from Clarkie's Rugby League column, joined by Jacob from Tripod. We are now live on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. We are here with the Las Vegas recap show. Every round we're live, 15 minutes, within 15 minutes roughly, of when the footy finishes to wrap up the round uh, and, of course, talk about how our best bets went. So on that note, I'm going to welcome my co-host, Winnie, who is no doubt in a great mood after a uh, bit of a clean sweep there, mate. I absolutely love it, and I'm sure the punters do as well. How are you, mate? Tripod's back, baby. How good was that? I loved the Vegas doubleheader. We got the right result in both games. I can't ask for anything more, and I uh, hope everyone enjoyed it as much as I did, especially if you jumped on some of those tips. And thank you for joining us in our live rapid reaction. Yep, absolutely thrilled to have everyone here live all over social media. I want to go a little bit ad lib here, if you don't mind, mate. I just want to ask you your thoughts on the whole Las Vegas experiment. Like, when it first came out, I have to admit, I thought this is a bit too ambitious, but Having seen it play out now, what are some of the key takeaways you took from it? Yeah, I didn't know how many Americans would actually sit down and watch it. So even though we know we've got an awesome product, it doesn't make a difference if the stadium's full of Aussies and expats for the most part. They did have it broadcast on Fox uh, Sports 1 over there. So be interesting to see what the figures come out of that are. But uh, you couldn't have asked for really a better showcase. I mean, we were worried this narrow field would confine the game. We wouldn't be able to show uh, what these guys are capable of. But then the first game had, what, uh, nine, ten tries in the end, and it was uh, thrilling. And what I loved about the first game in particular, which, you know, set the tone and showed what the sport's all about, is that both sides played so positively. They shifted the ball from inside their halves, but the completions were really high too. It was ball in play for long periods, which is showing that our game has amazing physicality and amazing athleticism like American football, but it doesn't stop after every play. It really flow you know like i said minimal errors minimal penalties and even the hits i thought there was some great big hits but it was clean we didn't see like too many dirty tackles or too many tackles penalized either so i was just so impressed by the performances of the players involved mate i don't want to get too far ahead of myself but i'm really excited for the future of this like that seemed like an awesome fan experience for everyone that went over i can't see any reason why americans watching that wouldn't have loved what they've seen both games were awesome um, you know, there are occasionally some poor games of NRL, but both of those were very high quality for different reasons too. One was high scoring, um, the other was nice and tight. But I'm thinking like, let's see how this five-year plan goes. When we could even have like a golden round over there where we launch every game live in round one from Las Vegas. Or maybe well, I was thinking we should have a magic round over there. I was thinking yeah. the same thing. I thought it was so cool. Just, you know, the, the facilities are state-of-the-art. Uh, the, the atmosphere looked unreal. They talk about the sound rebounding around that dome. Uh, so awesome experience for everyone involved, the way it looked. I was jealous. I wish I could get over there. And I know you are getting over there next month, so I'm jealous of you too. Yeah, I'm getting over there, unfortunately, not for the NRL, but also for Timmy Zoo's fight, which will be awesome. My final point on this, Winnie, uh, before we move on to the games, is at first I thought, look, we haven't even conquered the whole of Australia yet. Why are we going overseas? But I put some more thought into that recently, and I come to the conclusion that if AFL did this awesome new launch and they were trying to capture me as a fan, I don't care. Like, I'm an NRL fan. I'm not an AFL fan or I'm not, you know, if I'm a rugby fan, similarly as well, I'm not going to switch to the NRL. And that's probably the way it is in Australia. So we probably do have to look abroad to really grow that sport. So on reflection, it's about I really the market size. Why, why do you want to fight really hard to get into WA and South Australia? And even if you get in there, there's only so many people who are going to be, you know, paying for subscriptions, watching it on TV and buying merchandise, whatever. 
But America, as as Valandi said, pre-game, like if you can crack into a, a fraction of that, of course, the betting side of it as well. And there's a reason why Las Vegas was chosen, the billions that are thrown into sports betting in America. And uh, and just like I always say, that NFL fills my footy fix perfectly over the Aussie summer. Why can't rugby league fill the Americans' footy fix over their summer, which is uh, which is now? Well, soon. It's still quite cold in Vegas, but we're rolling into the American summer. Yes, but their footy season is over with the NFL, of course. Um, that stadium hosting the Super Bowl. We've got the official Bulldogs fan page on Instagram. He says, Brooks over Cleary for the Blues 7. Uh, we've got Mitch saying, I'm just here for Clarky's sweet-ass fluff beard. Uh, thank you very much, Mitch. I'm glad you're enjoying that. And Colt says from YouTube, both games were quality. Great advert for the game. Can't agree more. Let's go to the games. Game 1. Sea Eagles down the bunnies as underdogs. Manly win 36 to 24. My thoughts, Winnie, was the referee let a lot go here, mate. Did you see it that way as well? Like there was some stuff that would be penalties here in Australia, but the ref's like, no, nah, we want entertainment. Uh, and I think this game was really, really fun to watch. Did you see it that way as well? Oh, it was so fun to watch. I mean, in the sense that like in an origin, you're just not going to want to play a big part as a referee so you know they say they want to let the boys play but if you don't enforce the rules then the defense is going to take the piss and uh, not allow the attack to thrive so I actually thought the refs did really well it was Ash Klein I think in the first game I've got to be honest like there were a couple of times where I wanted to see points I want especially wanted to see manly tries there was a couple of iffy ones where like oh you know did Turbo actually kind of ground that ball when he put his hand on it and I thought they might just give it because it's just better for the game to be there to be more tries but they they um reffed it fairly and in the end they didn't need to do attack any favors there was um more than enough points and that's despite now of course uh, as you said there and i've got on screen manly wins by 12 points as underdogs let's start with the fact the first best bet of the season was manly plus half a try so we cashed there and i uh, got manly correct as well and that's despite the fact that Manly bombed three, if not four tries in the first half. That would be my first point. Saab breaks away into open space. See you later. I mean, I could have gone and made himself a coffee and come back and uh, and seen him taking the conversion for Ilias to get across and save that. And even then, I don't know what DCE was doing off the quick play of the ball, going back into the traffic. After you make a break, you always go to the open side. So I feel like that was a blown try. Brooks could have put it down. That would have been a great start to his Manly career. It ended all right anyway. He blew it. Uh, Turbo had two different put-downs. You've got to give credit to Cookie for an amazing saving tackle. And so I thought Manly had the better of it, although Souths had their moments and Souths scored a couple of tries, including a try straight after Brooks had spilled. So that was a bit of a turning point. But another huge moment, of course, that went in our favour is Saab getting that intercept off Latrell just a couple of minutes before halftime, which actually put Manly in, in front. Was there anything else you took away from the first half? Not per se from the first half. I, I immediately, well, actually, we'll give a big shout out to Luke Brooks um, fitting in. You know, he, he only really played one trial with Manly and Turbo's been out for a lot of time now. So you could forgive their spine for looking a little bit clunky, but I actually thought their spine connected better than the South uh, spine did in that first half. Like Latrell had some good moments, as did Walker and Cookie, but they were never really aligned together, whereas this Manly spine was playing really really well and the other takeaway i did have from that first half was manly's kick chase like it felt like at times south was on top but because manly's kick chase was always right there um to to really slow down that ruck and, and start their defensive set strong i felt like that really uh kept them in the game i do have an overall thought from this match but i'll go to you for the second half thoughts before i get to that 
So 12-10 Manly uh, led at the break, and then Souths came out and actually scored the first two tries of the second half. So I was a bit worried. Uh, they kind of reversed the uh, Latrell era Saab try, where Saab dropped the ball first set, and then Latrell, just being a boss, uh, extends South's lead, showing what he can do. So he makes up for the intercept, although he missed the conversion, but puts South up by eight points. So maybe, am I wrong then? Was South up four at the break? Or South, uh, in any case. Sorry, no, sorry. Latrell's first try only put Souths up by four. Then they scored again and he missed the conversion again and Souths were up by eight points. And, of course, I was a bit nervous until Manly goes bang, 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 bang. Verbo scores. Kroger uh, scurry from dummy half. The try from Garrick with the little uh, grubber in behind by DCE. I thought Souths were uh, all out at that point. Uh, when DC did that stupid kick on second tackle from inside his 30 and um, who was outside him? Garrick was limping, limping, got nowhere near it. Cam Murray comes on. Souths get their first penalty of the game. I'm like, oh, Souths could backdoor us here. But Cooler uh, got an intercept and then it actually ended with two more tries. But the Brooks one was icing on the cake for Manly. Uh, Souths get a consolation one. So that, that capitalises the point. A great debut by Brooks. I, I was impressed. And I have to say, I, I picked Manly what, 13th in our season preview. Now, look, I'm, I'm as happy as anybody because uh, the best bet's what matters most. It is only one game. But you've got to reevaluate Manly a little bit and say, look, they probably bet they looked better early days than uh, you could have asked. And Souths, you know, are we worried yet? It is only one game. But uh, kind of round out of petrol. I'd more so put that down to I just don't think they were as well prepared. Yeah, I don't take too much away from round one. It's such a long season with injuries and suspensions and, you know, form rise and dipping from teams throughout. But I will say, just capturing that one game there for the Rabbitohs, it reminded me so much of their 2023 season where they're so good in periods and then just inconsistent and ill-disciplined. As soon as they get behind, they stop playing South footy. They get angry and they look to push and shove, um, Cody Walker in particular, as opposed to remaining focused on the comeback and looking for the completions of sets, they go for, you know, the all or nothing, uh, the one percenters that when they come off, they're an amazing highlight, but they just don't come off often enough. No doubt Latrell's two from five in conversions is a, a bit of a sour point. You know, you add those points to the, the tally and it is a game where it's six, six tries to five. But really this game was lost for the Bunnies in that period where minute 49, Lachlan Croker scores. And there's three tries there in 11 minutes. That's a very, very tough period where all three were converted. So in 11 minutes, they've conceded 18 points. I did tip bunnies in this one, so I am a little bit disappointed. But I tipped them thinking that their forward pack was really going to have an advantage here. And that's not what played out at all. Manly had more runs. They made more run meters. They had more post-contact meters. They broke more tackles. You know, every single attacking stat you want from your forwards they had, including offloads. And that's what put South on the back foot, made them defend a little bit more than they would have liked to. And in the end, they just didn't have that burning desire to win this game, it didn't seem. Um, so impressed by Manly. Don't want to get too far ahead of myself and, and start reevaluating my ladder just yet. Uh, but the Bunnies are another side, although I tipped them here. I did have them missing the finals. And, and when you uh, talk about the forward battle, I mean, one in particular stood out to me, Olakuatu, was powerful every touch and, and had you know Manly's first try. They couldn't handle it. Oh, uh, okay. Ola had a, a brilliant game here. He's someone that will push for blue selection with Michael Maguire, I believe. 
Any final thoughts? Absolutely. Uh, Any look, final thoughts? Jeffrey commented there, two big upsets. The bookies make money and have a month holiday. This is the tripod recap. If you're following the tripod best bets, the bookies did not make any money. Uh, we took theirs in both games. We did. I can see BKR Sports in the chat. He said, I went two from two. I went O from two. So everyone feel free to rub that one in. Uh, let's move on to game two. If you're happy with that, it is the, or it was rather, the Broncos v Roosters. Roosters win 20 to 10. This is a game where I tipped the Broncos and maybe you were right. Maybe there was a little bit of grand final hangover because whilst they were good defensively in this game, it certainly wasn't the attacking Broncos we were used to seeing in 2023. Uh, they looked clunky. They looked stifled at times and at times almost a little bit lost with where they were going with their sets. How did you see this one and how do you break it all down? thought the Roosters, again, were the side that was better prepared and it looked like it meant more to them. Uh, it was a very competitive first half. You know, again, you get lucky. When your opening try is, a, is an intercept return, uh, we'll certainly take it. But Manu was outstanding all game long. My first kind of uh, takeaway or observation was just, oh, boy, every time Brisbane goes left and the ball's either in the hands of Walsh or Mam or a combination, they are so fast, they are so elective and the, electric and they are going to pull sides apart and you know the narrower field it, it didn't come into play really in the first game um and the teams played more direct in the second game as well but that may have helped the roosters just because obviously the more space the better for players like walsh and man and they were still beating players uh even with that confinement uh on the other side of things though swali looks so explosive every time he had it as well and the roosters took a narrow lead to the break Second half, I thought that key moment was the cheese. I'm trying to remember now, was this still the second half? I think it was, yeah, second half where cheese kicks the 40-20, right? We've got a bit of controversy, although Roosters end up winning by double digits, so it's fine. But, uh, you know, Walsh puts a shoulder charge on Tupo when he's going to score. I'm of the opinion it's a penalty try. Like, if you do an active foul play that saves a try, I think it's a penalty try. And we've seen a precedent that a player gets a sin bin when you shoulder charge to save a try. So Walsh got, you know, they got neither. So I thought Brisbane got lucky there, but it didn't matter because the Roosters scored a set or so later. And I mean, my favourite matchup of the whole game was probably Manu versus Stags. They're like a couple of thoroughbreds. And, you know, in this particular moment, uh, the Roosters had a man advantage, good early ball to Manu. And, you know, he still had work to do. He took it himself. You know, that offload pass that he threw, which was a decisive moment in the game, and it was uh, Ponga outside him. Um, you know, it's most players, the way they're being thrown to the ground, that pass ends up forward. But for him to flick that out the back and uh, make it legal, I mean, yeah, he was he was absolutely ridiculous. Uh, the, you know, Brisbane still made us nervous after that, but I should give you a chance to say anything that stood out to you uh, in that match. Yeah, I thought this one wasn't as intense as the first game. Like, it didn't have the same sort of physicality about the ruck or in the shots, but it was still entertaining in its own right, uh, particularly because it was close. The goal line defense for the Broncos is my takeaway from this. Yes, they were fantastic defensively, but I think it zapped their energy and really took away from their attacking opportunities, particularly on a smaller field. Um, I, I, I put it down to that because this wasn't the same attacking Broncos we saw last year. But one thing I did notice was with Brendan Piacura going off the field, we had Patrick Carrigan go from the middle and he went out to an edge. And he's just not a natural back rower. And that is where the Roosters scored a lot of their points on that right edge there. Whereas we know if Carrigan's in the middle, he's generating that momentum for other forwards like Payne Haas does and making the rest of the pack around them play better. 
So that was really unfortunate for the Broncos there. And I do think losing Brendan Piakura, it won't be spoken about as much, but I certainly think it was a big reason why they lost today. No, that's a really good point. I mean, you lose Flegler uh, in the offseason, even like Palacia moves on. Uh, and then to lose Piakura so early, like, again, he's unheralded, uh, but that hurt. Meanwhile, on the other side of the equation, like for middle forwards for the Roosters, you know, uh, aggressive as always, Lenu. And uh, he actually had a moment where he kind of started the fight, which won the Roosters a penalty at a crucial time. But the, the best middle forward on the ground today was Victor Radley. And I thought his tackling was just insane. And uh, you said may not have been as physical come across the second game, but still there were some great hits by Victor the Inflict as always. He gets the uh, try that seals the game as well. But just going back to uh, the score was 14-4. So the Roosters, you know, are in control, but we know that uh, there's plenty of time for Brisbane. And that that try to Walsh was beautiful. Again, it's a left-side attack, ball through the hands and Walsh backing up and then cuts the lead to four. And it's anybody's game. And because of conversions and penalties, they were actually two tries each at that point. So if Brisbane had scored again and won, we would have lost the try handicap. So I was very nervous at that point. And, in fact, it really just came down to errors for Brisbane. I thought, you know, in particular back-to-back errors coming out of their own territory in the final 10 minutes. They were trying to shift, you know, they were trying to make something happen. And when you are chasing the game, you force it. And I think the errors were by Cobo and Walsh, and they were both kind of trying to offload, uh, trying to, yeah, trying to pass while drawing the defence in and, uh, and forcing a ball uh, late. And ultimately that allowed the Roosters to get in there and, and extend the lead to 10 and, and get a, a strong win, where, again, from... Uh, I tipped it on uh, on Friday, and one of the reasons was not just that I think the Roosters will have a better season than the Broncos, but everything I'd heard was that it, it was really important to them. You know, if you heard uh, Robinson in the pre-match interviews, this was not a holiday. You know, they had a bit of fun and a bit of bonding, but um, they were here to put on a really strong performance, unlike the last couple of years where they were upset as double-digit favourites in round one. They came in and had a double-digit win, as an underdog, which was uh, very sweet, again, for our best bets. Good way to start the season. Yeah, it's always great when you can sweep. Well, it's great when you can win any best bet, to be honest, but a sweep is amazing. Uh, on the Trent Robertson point there, that's actually only the fourth time since he started uh, coaching the Roosters that they've won in round one. So you can see it is something that they're looking to correct, whereas we look at another elite side like Melbourne, and they haven't lost in round one for God knows how long. Uh, BK, our sporty, I do like this comment. I did uh, do a little bit of research while you were speaking there. He says, Broncos just look like they've lost a bit of confidence compared to the 2023 um, base off the grand final. It's only one game, but it's going to be hard to be that confident in your first outing. Great point, but I did go through and look at the Broncos 2023 draw. They actually didn't lose a game back to back. So how they respond to this will be very important. Can you remember off the top of your head who they have in round two? I feel like it's another tough matchup, but... Well, they weren't even playing rounds. Oh, sorry, they will play in round two because they're kind of getting next week off. No, to be honest, I I couldn't recall the round two draw off the top of my head. I'm sure someone can, though. It'll be very um, interesting to see how they respond because that could be what affects their confidence in line with what Blaze is saying there. They didn't lose two in a row all season last year. Now they go ahead and lose the first two of 2024 after losing key players. How does that play with the, the mental side of things? Uh, and another bit is um is that I spoke about the preseason doesn't tell you much. I mean, Brisbane won the preseason challenge. Yeah. You know, winning two weeks ago with a lot of the starters in, in, in North Queensland and, and dumping them, and then still winning uh, the final week of the challenge with, you know, with all the reserve graders, which would suggest that it's a stacked squad. But, uh, you know, 
again, you don't want to read too much into week one. Like I'm not going to here to take a lot away from Brisbane because I think that the Roosters are a really well-oiled machine that played extremely well today. And I don't think too many teams in the comp would have beaten the Roosters today. And uh, Blaze does say it's the Rabbitohs in round two for the Broncos, and he makes the point that one it's of them will be going to do. So that's a that's very, interesting. Very they probably did that on purpose and said yeah. they don't know how that um you know how that extra layoff, but also how travelling back from America is going to affect teams. I wonder then did they put the Roosters up against Manly in round two as well? Um, but in any case, you'd think you know you get a bit of time to acclimatise, get yeah, back home. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. So that's like, I think that's pretty fair scheduling. So yeah, we get two sense. teams that looked really good in round one. Um, in Manly and Roosters, already can't wait for that kind of matchup. And uh, yeah, Brisbane and Souths will both be pretty determined to not start the year 0-2, considering that they're among the sides that definitely consider themselves contenders. Spot on, mate. And two final points from myself on this one. Um, my moment of the game was the Suwali'i and Stags matchup that you referenced earlier. Stags has done this in the past, where when uh, Siasifa Talakai was in insane form, Stags said, it's going to be a great battle, I'm going to go after him. And to his credit, he did. And, you know, Staggs didn't have the perfect game, but he kept competing for the full 80 minutes for the Broncos. And I just love that mentality. And I, I love centre versus centre matchups. We actually don't get them too much like we used to. In the and and I, I misspoke because um, I think I said Manu Staggs. But, yeah, Suwali'i Staggs and Manu Cobb, like yeah. they're some of the best athletes in the game. And I love both those matchups. And you'd have what to about, say um, uh, the Roosters players got the better of their counterparts. Today. I agree with that. What about Manu's step where he got Cobo on shaky yeah, legs and then fully giving an ankle break? That, that would have that would have iced the game, but then he threw one over the sideline. But um, yeah. new father as well, so congrats. I uh, was one of the very best on ground for sure. Another one of the best on ground has to be Nicole from Wiki. I got to give him a shout out because we've got the Discord channel. So if you're into Discord, uh, we've kind of merged the tripod Discord in with Wiki. It's a big group, over three thousand members. He's given out free SGM for each game, and he's won a t- 10 to 1 in both of the games. Like, wow. that's a hell of a start to the season. Uh, I think he, Manu was involved in a, in a try score there, too. So, shout out to Nicole. Uh, he, he's stoked as well. Mate, he is a genius. Wiki link tree. That's what you need to Google. Then you can join the Discord from there. See the Punches preview article. It's all there on their link tree. So, yeah, it's Wiki link tree. Google that. And I think the Discord has. It's either just over three and a half thousand now, or it's just below, which is awesome uh, for Nicole there, who's doing some great work. Uh, final point on the game for me, Winnie. I think Roosters were just a little bit more clinical in the big moments. I think the Broncos' right uh, edge defense was hurt with Carrigan out there. You know, it was Capewell, then it was Peter Cura, now it's Carrigan all of a sudden. Um, and I just think the Broncos were a little bit zapped from all the great defense they did in attack there. Any final points on anything from Las Vegas or these two games before we wrap up the show? Uh, you can see why every other club's going to want to be involved. You can see why a lot of people are going to be kind of penciling that into their calendar, that they're going to want to be involved for that fan experience. And it's so exciting that it's kind of locked in for many years to come. A dream would be if one day we can take Tripod Live over there, mate. That would be unreal. And, uh, yeah, I enjoyed the, the games immensely. But I'm not the best person to ask because I would enjoy any of them. But uh, from, you know, from everything I've heard so far, it's been a roaring success. And overall, my only overall thoughts probably – Give Manly a little bit more respect than maybe I, I would have uh, said five days ago because that's probably the most eye-opening result. But I'm more than happy that that occurred uh, when there's a best bet riding on. Yeah, it's true. And my final thoughts on that, are I think that for Bunnies, you know that Campbell Graham and Jack White had a comeback. A lot of those points were scored out wide, so there's optimism there as well. It's not freak-out panic stations where I genuinely did see people comment on my Instagram when he, Demetrio needs to go. 
I'm like, mate, it's been one game. <laughs> like, come on, that's an overreaction uh, and a half. You know um, what? I'd love to see Demetrio Seabold cage match. Yeah, well, that got bad blood. That would be that would have been the perfect, um, yeah, perfect nightcap. We should have put him on the uh, UFC PI card, which was just before we get him on the early prelims. Uh, we'd all love that. But that's going to do our show here tonight, guys. We want to say, as always, thank you very much for being here live with us. Or if you're listening as a podcast later, we appreciate that as well. We want to say thank you to both our punting sponsors, Better and Top Sport. Uh, our next show will be on Tuesday at 5.30 p.m. New South Wales time, 4.30 p.m. Queensland, where we will go through uh, our preview for the rest of the games in round one, just after team lists drop. Uh, that's all for this show, Winnie. Over to you to say farewell and hit us with the famous last words. Yeah, let us know, guys, because, I mean, I've never had a season where I've gone 100% where we are right now best bets. So I'm just wondering whether like, if I don't give out any more best bets the rest of the year, I can achieve that. But let me know if you will be wanting more for the rest of the season. I'll give that some consideration the next couple of days. And uh, as always, I get in the lab before Tuesday and I'll meet up with you again then, Clarky. So cheers. I uh, hope everyone has a great week. We'll see you Tuesday. Lego!